The Trader Cobb Crypto Show, talking business in blockchain. G'day everybody, welcome to the Trader Cobb Crypto Show. Again, a fantastic guest here at the Melbourne Blockchain Centre. Really looking forward to having a chat with Tim Boss, who's a CEO and founder of Sharings. Thank you very much for being here. Thanks I appreciate for, your time. Thanks for inviting me, Craig. No problem. Well, let's cut straight to the chase. I want to know a bit about your introduction. You were going to do a much better introduction than I am on you. So where have you come from and where are you at now? Yeah, so we're building sharing and basically building a marketplace for the sharing economy. So what we're doing is we're building a blockchain that's running on Tendermint consensus engine, Cosmos SDK. Uh, we're, we're building a marketplace for rental companies and sharing economies to basically use uh, our system to rent products out. So the sharing economy specifically on a rental side of things, yeah? Yeah. So, so our view of sharing economy isn't just about Airbnb. So we look at Airbnb as basically an unnecessary middleman in the sharing economy. So we've expanded the view of what sharing is to traditional rental models like a car rental company, a suit rental company, scuba dive rental company and also people that might want to rent out their own products to other people. So we, our platform essentially allows anyone to be the next Airbnb. So, what, I mean, you've, you've mentioned Airbnb twice, yeah. right? So let's go down that route. What else exists out there? As I mean, it doesn't have to be blockchain-based. Obviously, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get into the details of why we're there, why this is a benefit to have on the blockchain. But, I mean, what out there right now is your biggest competitor? So, I mean, Airbnb is very specific. It's the renting of people's houses, yeah. right? What else is there in the rental shared economy that exists? It's a really good question. So if you do a Google search right now for sharing economy or rental industry, there's about a hundred and something million results. Really? So one of the problems with the sharing economy is it's extremely fra- fragmented. Yeah. If you go to a bike share place in Shenzhen in China and see three bikes and there's only those three bikes you want to rent. You have to sign up for three very separate services using ID and all those sorts of things on those separate services. So what we're looking at doing is actually bringing that fragmentation together and provide a single marketplace and a single directory service and a single login payment system, identity management using Salsor and ID for the sharing and rental economy. So that's a big undertaking. It is. We've got, I mean, you're quite right. I mean, if you think about the sharing economy, an example that you spoke of before when we were talking prior to, to hitting record is like sharing or renting of a suit, you know, mm-hmm. renting. And the, the big one recently has become bikes yep. in Australia. Anyway, I know other countries have been doing rental bikes for a much longer period of time. Mm-hmm. I lived in London. I visited Amsterdam. They seem to have that down pretty well. But we are seeing a, a massive growth in the sharing economy. Is that kind of the reason that you're here? Did you see a gap? And is a gap beyond... Just the fact that it's not all, I suppose, together is one and very fragmented? Or is, or is there a growing space and a gap as well? I guess the path to get here, this is a 14-year journey. So okay. let's, but, let's but, start but, with that. Okay. <laughs> Take I, us through that rabbit hole. Why, why sharing? So I, I, was start, I, I was living in Japan back in 2004. And one of the things, Japan is a very consumerist society. They buy, buy a lot of new stuff. They replace TVs every year. They replace cars every two years. One thing that really hit me was in Hard Rubbish Day when you see these TVs that are like 12 months old thrown out on the nature strip and people buying new TVs and it's just this this absolute waste that that happens. And this is a global problem, it's not just Japan. I mean, that sort of started me on the path to how do we fix that? How do we reduce waste? So I started a fleet tracking and IoT business where we looked at sort of corporate vehicles and and utilisation of those vehicles and actually helping them reduce their fleet. In 2010, I started a caravan rental business, like Airbnb for caravans and motorhomes. Mm-hmm. I sold that in 2012. 
And then around 2012, I started a company called Keys. And what, what our initial goal with the Keys was actually create a marketplace for the sharing economy. And when we were building it, we realized it was almost impossible to scale for every type of product. So renting out a drill is very different to renting out scuba gear, which is very different to renting out a car. Like every one of those has different requirements. So we focused on the low-hanging fruit, which for us was car sharing. And we developed a white-label car sharing pl platform that's used in about 300 locations around the world. Toyota rebranded as Toyota Car Sharing in Australia, for example. And when blockchain came along, we looked at that and said, wow, this is really the answer to a lot of our problems. Self-sovereign identity, autonomous organisation, distributed apps, scalable products, platforms. You know, a lot of problems are basically solved. And we, we looked at that, we started researching it, we started building some tests around it and decided to basically build sharing, which was our marketplace for the sharing economy. So you've basically been in this journey, if you will. I know it's a, it's a, it's a loosely thrown around term, especially in this space. Yeah. You've been in this sharing economy journey for, for, for the best part of 14 years yeah. with, with various success on, by the sound of it, each of the projects you've been a part of, mm. you've, you've done well with, which is fantastic. Yep. So let's, let's segue now into why the blockchain is important for what you're doing now. Because look, you've, yep. got, you've, you've clearly got a tech background, you're clearly able to build a business. Mm. You're able to execute, then you're able to sell the thing, and you're able to do all right from that, maybe very, very well, I don't know. But why is the venture now in blockchain? What do you see blockchain adding to what you've created in the past and making it better. Of course, you've yep. got 14 years of experience, probably more than most in this economy. You're probably mm. somewhat of a, uh, a veteran in mm. this space. So, so why blockchain? I mean, one, one other thing is scalability. So, you know, using things like smart contracts, you can have a client sort of build their own company on your platform. So one of the things that you, you had before was centralised systems like APIs where someone would have to use a, an API to do stuff on your platform and they were very rigid and they had to follow your rules and they had to use your schema and database and all that sort of stuff. Blockchain takes a lot of that away. The other areas are things like reputation engine or a review system. So if someone does a review on a provider, no one can go in and change that information. No one can alter it. There's a, an awesome article that I, I read this morning about Amazon sacking a bunch of people, a bunch of their staff, because what was actually happening was some of these staff were removing bad reviews on behalf of clients and also selling some data to other people. With blockchain, you can't remove those reviews. They're there forever. Also, with renting a product out, if I rent, say, a product to you, you can't go back and say, hey, you didn't rent this to me, or hey, I didn't damage this, because we take photos of the hash or the fingerprint of that photo stored on the blockchain. So you can't go back and say, that photo wasn't created then or anything like that, because it's time stamped, you've got an immutable data set, so it solves that problem as yep. well. The other huge problem that it solves is part of what we're building is a self-sovereign identity system. So what that actually means is the app that we, we're developing your ID is stored in the app and nowhere else. It's not on a centralised server, it's not on anywhere. You own your ID. And when you do that ID, we do KYC on it. So you upload your driver's licence photo, you upload all this other stuff. If you're in Australia, we'll check it with the likes of ID Matrix or one of the ID things. But that validation will go on the blockchain, but also on your phone. But there's no identifiable information about you on the blockchain. So we fingerprint that ID. So we create a package of the photo, your name, phone number, all that sort of stuff, package in an encrypted file on your phone, and then create a hash of that and put that hash on the blockchain. So when I rent something out, like let's say I'm renting something out to you, through the app, when you pay me through SharePay, which is our payment system, I'll receive a copy of that ID. My app will validate it with the blockchain to say, hey, yeah, that's definitely you. Mm -hmm. I'll see your photo and I'll know that it's not a forged ID or anything like that. 
but also you know that your ID is not getting stored on any central server where it can be sold or anything like that. You just touched on a point that I think brought relevance to me. When you're renting something, the person who is renting it out mm. carries a risk of, you know, you going, yeah, I'm, my name's George Best, but yep. you're not. Yep. You're Sally James. Yep. And George Best disappears with your brand new car and uh, bada bing, bada boom, you're out of business and that's expensive. So mm. I suppose that, that does... It connects both sides of it. It does. Uh, it connects yeah. the vendor and the rental, uh, which I think is really, really important in that mm. space. So I get that. I get that. WeChat. Mm-hmm. We pay. Yep. The Chinese are wonderfully advanced uh, as far as, you know, using your phone to pay for this and pay for that and, and having a cashless society. Is there any way, like, oh, I'm thinking, I'm thinking way, out of, way out of left field here, but... It, is that the sort of level you want to get to where you can tap into this sort of thing, to that sort yeah. of level of, you know, integration? Like, I mean, what I'm trying to say is lots of people using it. Is there mm. any way to blend in? Like, you obviously got to do partnerships. How are you mm. growing this? How are you getting yeah. people involved? So, so with the payment system itself, I guess one of the biggest differences between us and WeChat, WeChat is a centralised system. Yes, so while, whilst it's peer-to-peer payments, it's still a centralised system. They hold a centralised treasury and all that sort of stuff. With us, essentially... We're providing payments and more. So we provide the ID part, we provide the escrow service, the IoT integration. So all of that stuff is associated with it. The other thing is, even though we use SharePay, which is essentially a, a stable coin, even though we use that, we still do fiat onboarding and fiat offboarding. Okay. So when I'm paying, say, you, the merchant, I will pay in fiat. And when you receive money, you can choose to receive it in SharePay or settle it in, in fiat, in whatever currency you want. So. I could travel to Thailand, rent a motorbike off a motorbike operator there, I'll pay an Aussie dollar, he'll receive it in Thai baht and there'll be no currency exchange fees. If I use credit card to onboard, I'll pay a credit card free, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I can legitimately pay, you know, do a bank transfer into SharePay and then they can do a bank transfer out, which means there's no fees for them at all. Okay. Tell me about the token. Yep. Okay, so what is your structure around the token? What's, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a utility, I'm taking it. Yep. Tell us about the token economics. Mm-hmm. The mining abilities. Like what, what? What is it that ties people in to actually hold the token? Yep. Yep. So first of all, we're not doing proof of work mining or anything like that. That would completely go against our whole view of reducing okay. waste in the world. Oh, of course. <laughs> yes. yes. Uh, so, so what we're doing is we're, we're using the Tendermint consensus engine. So Tendermint's a proof of stake consensus engine. So it has validators and the master node holders will actually receive tokens as part of being part of the validation system. So. The utility of it is basically if a merchant, say, using our either our marketplace or directly in the ledger, so the merchant might write their own apps or dApps directly on the ledger or smart contracts, they'll pay a transaction fee for every transaction. So every time something's done on the ledger, there's a transaction fee, and they'll actually pay that in fiat. So what happens is we receive the fiat or the share pay equivalent, we put that in a treasury, and then we use the money in that treasury to buy a share token on the exchange. Okay. And then that share token will be distributed to the validators. Makes sense. What that does is creates liquidity on the exchanges. It also creates a demand and scarcity of the token. So we don't have inflation on our token at all. So it's a fixed amount of tokens. At first, with these validators, we will have a a large pool of treasury to start paying them while the transactions are low. And then that amount will go down as the transactions go up so that the validators sort of still have a good earn rate. Okay. Now, when did you do the ICO? April, May, I think it was, around May, yeah. And, um, I mean, obviously that, you know, you're still fresh out of the gates. Uh, plenty of experience in execution in past businesses. Where are you at with the uh, with the technology development side of things? Yeah, so we've got the testnet running. We, we actually do, every two weeks, we do an update, a development update on YouTube. So I actually 
post videos of, of where our development is. We're using an agile sort of methodology. Yep. So the apps are well and truly down the path of development. Testnet's running. We've got the booking engine on the testnet running. We've got SharePay running, doing transfer of funds and stuff like that. We're looking at actually getting into QA around the start of November, and we'll have a minimum viable product pilot out at the end of November with a number of, uh, of merchants. So it's well and truly on its way. You did a raise, and it was a successful full yep. raise. So well done on that. You've got. Thanks. I was going to make the assumption you've got plenty of runway to execute the plan. Yeah, we're going well. Yep. Okay. And you said before that you've also managed your treasury quite well for hedging Ethereum. I applaud you for that. It should be done more <laughs> often. I think the project should learn how to do that better because it's all about time to execute mm. as opposed to let's just hope Ethereum keeps on going. We're developing up. a product. Yeah. Excellent. So, look, is there anything else that uh, you think is really important that you should be telling the listeners and the viewers? No, I mean, I... Beyond where to find more information about you. Yeah, so go to sharing.network or on our Twitter, Sharing Global. S-H-A-R-E-R-I-N-G.network. Best place to find us. There's links to our Telegram and all that sort of stuff on the website. Tokens are still locked. We're looking at unlocking in late October, early November. Got a couple of exchanges lined up for that as well. Excellent. Yep. Well, Tim Boss, it's an absolute pleasure having you on the show, guys. Don't forget to go and check out sharing.network. Plenty of interesting information coming out of there from a man who's executed plenty of projects like this in the past. Not the blockchain, though. This is an exciting addition to your career and uh, your entrepreneurship. So thanks very much for having you on the show. That's great. Appreciate it. Guys, thanks very much. Bye for now. The Trader Cobb Crypto Podcast is hosted by Craig Cobb. All Trader Cobb courses, products, and tools can be found at tradercobb.com because experience matters.